Paid to Play, Episode 1, Sunday, April the 22nd, 2012, The Raymond Masters Interview. This episode does not contain content unsuitable for minors. Whether by PC, pod or pad, you're listening to Paid to Play, the podcast of the Step 1 Make Fun website. Thank you very much for your time and your megabytes of download limit, and a very warm welcome to the show. I'm Rob Farker, your host and seeker of ways to exchange fun for money. You remember in the restaurant at the end of the universe, you've read the restaurant at the end of the universe, haven't you? Second in the increasingly inaccurately termed Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy trilogy by Douglas Adams. If not, put all six books at the top of your to-read list. Yes, even the Ewing Colt for one. Anyway, you remember in the restaurant at the end of the universe, there's this guy called Zaniwoop whose secretary can't put calls through to him because he's on an intergalactic cruise, even though he's still in his office? Well, US author Raymond Masters mightn't work for Megadodo Publications, publishers of the best-selling Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, but he's pulled a similar feat off, conducting not just an America-wide, but also an international book promotion tour from the comfort of his own home. And I was lucky enough to get him to stop in at Step 1 Make Fun and be my first guest on the all-new Paid to Play podcast. Raymond is a fellow geek who loves comic books and genre TV, especially Star Trek. He hasn't seen Firefly yet, but we won't hold that against him. He's turned those loves into a novel, Forging Truth, where an amnesiac awakens in devastated New York with remarkable powers. Forging Truth went on sale on Amazon in December of last year as both an ebook for the Kindle and a paperback. At the moment, Raymond is working on both the second novel in the Truth Saga, Corrupting Truth, shooting com- to complete the first draft by mid-year, and levering the internet to promoting both books. As a gent who is where I hope to be sometime soon, I was very happy to have the chance to talk with Raymond about his passions, the creative process, and the steps beyond writing an entertaining story that enable an author to earn an income from it, including juggling a very busy family life. Before I start the interview, I must apologise for the audio quality. For some odd reason, my voice dips in and out a little bit, even though I was using a headset where the microphone distance from my mouth didn't change. I would have tried to tweak it a little bit, but I wanted to get this interview up while Raymond's April book tour was still rolling. So, here it is. Please enjoy. Raymond Masters, thank you very much for coming on the Paid to Play podcast. Hey, thank you, Rob. I appreciate you having me in front of your listeners. It's great to have you along. So, you are a longtime avid comic book fan who has gone from, yes. who's gone from just being a fan to thinking, hey, I can do this myself. And now you're actually a self-published independent author with... Uh, a series of at least three books, one published and two on the way. Yes, that's correct. So when was that uh, moment when you went from just being a fan to uh, deciding that you could have a crack at um, turning your love into an actual paying job? Well, actually, um, almost since day one, I've, I've wanted to you know, write comics or stories of some form. You know, I just had that need to write. And uh, as far as when I decided that I could actually do it, um, believe it or not, I owe a lot through social networking of, of seeing some of my peers and what they're capable of. So who are your peers? Pretty much friends who've kept in touch with or people who you've formed connections with through social networks, other published authors, that sort of thing? 
Yeah, um, it's it's mainly people that I've just met online. Um, <clears throat> back in the day, I was with Comic Book Resources' forum. It was the You'll All Be Sorry forum, and I met a lot of great folks on there. Um, and through kind of checking out what all they had going on, I ended up actually uh, getting involved with uh, uh, the self-publishing aspect as well as uh, Wired.com's Geek Dad blog, which has just been a blast. Glad to hear it. And I guess um, being part of Geek Dad, especially as a subset of the Wired magazine website, that's gotten you uh, exposure? Uh, yeah, actually, um, you know, I'm very much an amateur, but I, I revel in it. And there's nothing better than than starting off a conversation this one time while I was writing for Geek Dad. <laughs> <laughs> you went from three years from the first draft of Forging Truth to um, actually getting published. Uh, mm-hmm. Was that mostly just trying to get it knocked into a shape that you felt was good to get out? Well, actually, um, you know, at first I, I shopped it around to the uh, big publishers, if you will, and after getting several rejection letters, as is just par for the course, I started looking around at, again, some of my peers and saw, hey, they were doing okay with um, independently publishing or self-publishing and decided to go for it, you know, better or worse. What was it about forging truth when you started getting stuck into it? Um, what kept you interested in it? What kept you going at it in, in terms of the actual story that you um, what makes it your baby? Oh man, there's there's so much of me in the character of Cade Truth, who is the main character there in Forging Truth. And <clears throat> really, I know people write with outlines and whatnot, but really, I just sit down and I kind of put myself in the driver's seat. How would I react should I wake up one day and have these powers? And uh, it kind of flowed from there because, you know, it was kind of like a one-person role-playing, if you will. Yeah. Um, It was that way for about the first, oh, I don't know, 100 or so pages. And then I got to thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? Maybe I really do need to put down a loose outline, if nothing else, to find out where I want to go. Because otherwise, you know, I would have just kept on into infinity uh, with the role-playing, if you will. Mm, mm. So now that you've got the, um, the first book out of the way, you, are, you have a current Kickstarter fund for getting the, um, uh, pardon me, book two of the series, which is Corrupting Truth? Yes. The next one? Yeah, uh, that's correct. I set, it, I set up the Kickstarter campaign, uh, I guess, about t- 20 days ago, and uh, it's it's actually had a very slow start, to be honest, but I've been updating it daily in hopes that an update or two will catch, you know, uh, the donation of, of backers' uh, eye or whatever, <clears throat> and uh, I'm hoping it'll do better in the, in the last 30 days. That's what I've been told, so... 
I've been uh, keeping an eye on a couple of other um, Kickstarters myself, and they always just seem to warm up at around about that 30-day point. All of a sudden, people seem to take notice and uh, uh, suddenly start throwing lots of money at it. So um, in about uh, 10 or 12 days, you should see a, a pretty big upswing. Um, I'll hold you to it. <laughs> oh, well, but um, I don't claim to be any particular expert. I've, uh, I've still got to get my first book written myself, so I'm, I'm behind you on that score. <laughs> so, look, as I've got to ask, uh, being someone who likes comic books but mainly is an observer from the outside, uh, what are your favorite comic book titles of all time, and what do you like that's going on in comic books right at the moment? Okay, let's see. The first comic that I really read was The Death of Superman. It was the collected edition, and uh, I know that I know that particular title got several of us into the comics, and, and we're still here. We haven't left. Um, that so because of sentimental reasons or whatever, that will always be up there with my favorite. Um, Superman is actually my go-to character, but lately, the last few years. Um, I've become a huge Jeff John fan, so which uh, you know, I'm sure everybody is. Uh, and the Green Lantern series is just killing me right now. I love it. So it's uh, got better writing than the movie had, from the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, Hannah, yeah. <laughs> myself, just as even just as a general science fiction geek, um, you couldn't seem to avoid the amount of. Uh, bad word of mouth that movie seemed to pick up yeah well that and john carter yeah <laughs> oh, um, let me see so uh you've all you've uh, from reading your webpage you have dabbled some in actually creating comic books or writing scripts for them um, do you find actually creating a novel differs from doing perhaps what your passion would seem to indicate and actually starting writing scripts and maybe either doing the art yourself or getting involved with someone who could do it. How does, does the novel Forging Truth play out differently from the comic book that surely must be going on in your head as you, as you envision it? Oh, I've got to say you're 100% right. I, I have had the comic book of Forging Truth in my head for so long and uh, I have a feeling that sometime in the near future, I will launch a Kickstarter campaign to try to get that going. I, I just, I just know I, I have to do that. That's on my bucket list. Um, how it differs, I guess, is of course I don't have the funds to hire an artist to get that going. Um, otherwise, in the novel, I have to be a lot more descriptive than what I would be on the page of a comic book script which I enjoy, but at the same time, it's like I want to see this right now in front of me, you know. Uh, so I have to be patient, which isn't always easy, you know. I do understand what you mean. Patience is a virtue, but uh, sometimes it can be pretty hard to come by when you're uh, slogging the way in the middle of it and thinking there are about ten other things I should be doing with my <laughs> doing this, but... Uh, oh, it's yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, um... At the moment, where do you hope to be? This is the, the traditional question. Where do you hope to be in about five years' time? What's your what's your overall goal? What would be your dream achievement for um, forging truth and 
writing in general going to the future? Um, within the next five years, I'd love to finish up this first trilogy in the Truth Saga. Um, currently, I do only have it slated for three books. I actually have several ideas that fall outside of that, but again, to whittle them down into something manageable, you know, uh, there's Forging Truth, Corrupting Truth, and then the third book uh, will be Redeeming Truth. And um, I would love to have those three finished and out there on the market in the next five years so that I can move on to one of the thousands of other ideas that I have, you know, churning around in my brain. So, and, and as far as um, I would love to be able to quit my quote-unquote day job, even though everybody tells you not to, and sustain myself off my writing. So we'll see. At the very least, um, I guess you're... Uh... Perhaps this isn't a question I should be asking where your bosses could be listening, but I guess at least you're <laughs> good, I assume, isn't it? Yeah, you know. Um, now, one thing that's actually got me curious, you've mentioned that from the sounds of things, you've got a, a pretty solid plan for the Truth series where it is going to be a trilogy. Have you considered doing, taking those characters in that situation and making it into more of an ongoing series and... If not, or at the same time, are there any other irons you've got in the fire that you think would make more of an, an ongoing project rather than just a, a strict three-act, three-book trilogy? Uh, yes. Actually, whenever I came up with the Truth Saga, um, it was going to be a serial. You know, uh, I've been reading comics for 20 years or so, and... I love the aspect of being able to come back to the same characters in new situations. You know, you fall in love with characters as a reader and as a writer, and I would love for that to continue. Now, here's what I, what changed my mind over to doing a three-volume uh, installment starting off is because of, like, Stephen King, for example, with his uh, The Dark Tower saga, uh, of books, you know, whenever he had his uh, accident, whenever that van, uh, you know, hit him while he was out walking, yeah, he said he said in an interview, you know, that he was scared that he wouldn't be able to make it to write the last three books in that series, and you know, God forbid something like that happens, or my laziness just kicks in. And I don't ever finish. I, you know, it wouldn't be fair to the readers. Plus, it would just bug me to no end having that dangling cliffhanger like forever. I do see what you mean. There's uh, a book series that I've been following for a while. I think that um, many science fiction fans, uh, David Gerald's War Against the Couture series that got up to book four and then sort of came to a screaming halt, not with a cliffhanger, but definitely not with the story resolved in any way, and things were looking yeah. better for humanity in general, and he's just been sort of book five as soon as I can get it out for the past, I think, decade at the very least. Yeah. Um, even longer, so um, now I can see, I certainly understand your sentiment there. Um, I actually read, I think was Dreamcatcher the first book that Stephen King wrote after that accident? Um... I, I'm not sure. I, th I think I knew at one time, but... <laughs> there's definitely, I, he definitely wrote that accident in there, one of the main characters. 
probably know, gets hit by a car, and uh, there's a lot of his, I think there's a lot of his experience just trying to recover from that injury in there. Um, yeah. And I guess you know the second part of that is, um, I, you know, I, I battle with which idea do I want to write first. Uh, I, I'm kind of set in stone with the with the truth saga because I've already finished book one, but I have, you know, I have something that I would love to see serialized, and that is uh, the working title for that is the Grim Wars, and um, you know, it's it's about Grim Reapers and, and, you know, death personified and such. And I just think it would make a, an awesome uh, series of novellas or something along those lines. And I just can't sit aside the time to do that and forging truth right now, you know, so. It sounds like um, just, you've just managed to capture my imagination a little bit there. Some sort of medical metaphysical war between various avatars of death. Uh, that's a very good way to put it. That's a that's a very good way to put it. Um, uh, the idea behind it, and again, it's in its very early stages. You know, I've got maybe 40 pages of story and notes combined. But um, you know, it's basically like you say. You know, um, death, uh, death's progeny has kind of had enough of sitting in the shadows, taking a back seat to humans i mean we're frail we die all the time why aren't they out you know ahead of us ruling us that does sound very intriguing i would uh, i'd like to read that sometime i'll um and i have to apologize that i've not managed to uh get forging truth before now but uh unfortunately i'm uh, uh i'm kindle disadvantage kindle challenged i should say I've yet to get myself an e-reader so I can catch up on uh, all these wonderful things like your book that are going on in um, self-publishing right at the moment. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's also available in paperback, so... Ah, uh, it is? I didn't know yeah. that. I was having a look and I... Ah, that's me. Yeah. My research. So, um, well, actually, as... That's something else I'd, I'd like to ask you. As someone who is getting involved in the Kindle uh, from what sounds like the... Uh, if not the early days, then while still things are uh, settling down, how are you finding uh, e-publishing and working with Amazon and publishing on the Kindle? And how is it all working for you? What are some of the things that you've discovered since uh, since electronic publishing? Um, I had a short story that I put out in June of last year. It was. Um, <laughs> Dangerous Hunts, a zombie Father's Day tale. <laughs> so, you know, very unique, you know. Uh, but anyway, I, I actually, when I put that out, I put it out through Kindle Direct Publishing as well as through Smashwords. And, um, you know, I liked dealing with both of those. Um, so whenever I published Forging Truth, I actually had planned on going, you know, through both the same uh, websites or whatever, you know. And since then, they they put out uh, what is it, the Kindle Direct Publishing or the Kindle Select? That's what it is. Yeah. Um, and so I signed up with it, and I had to agree to a 90-day exclusive with it, which I did. 
for for a book, you know, and I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I've heard a lot of back and forth, but I, I mean, I did enjoy going through them. Now my 90 days are up, and I'm probably fixing to um, start distributing through Smashwords and and the the i the i store, uh, you know, pretty soon. Sounds good. All right, well, we seem to be coming up to 20 minutes, which is five over where I thought it was going to, but it's been good fun anyway. So thank you very much for being on the very first pay-to-play podcast, Ray, and thank you very much for making it so entertaining. Well, hey, you know, you can only go up from here, so... Thanks very much, Rob. I appreciate you. You're welcome, and best of luck with the Kickstarter campaign and the ongoing success of the Truth series. Hey, and if I can say one more thing, um, this is the very, uh, I guess this is the second day of uh, my blog tour, so feel free to stop by, uh, if I can do a self-plug here, stop by raymondmasters.wordpress.com and check out all the other blog stops. Make sure you do Thank- everybody. Once again, thank you very much, Ray. Thanks, Rob. Bye. Once again, I'd like to thank Raymond very much for his time. You can find links to his weblog, the Amazon pages for Forging Truth, and his Kickstarter fundraising project for the Truth Saga promotional campaign in the show notes. Now, are you making money from your hobby? Have you even turned making fun into a full-time job? then I want to talk with you. If you're having fun and getting paid to do it, no matter how serious or silly it may seem, I'd love to have you on the Paid to Play podcast so that my audience and I can find out about how you started, where you are now, and where you want to take your passion from here. Please get in touch. You can find links to my social network presences on the Step 1 Make Fun website. I welcome any constructive feedback or even a quick note to let me know that you enjoyed the episode. Please leave a comment on this episode's entry on the Step 1 Make Fun weblog. You can find it, the podcast feed, and the Step 1 Make Fun mailing list at www.robf.com.au. That's whiskeywhiskeywhiskey.romeooscarbravofoxtrot.com.au. I license pay-to-play under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 unported license. In approximate terms, this means you can fold, spindle, or mutilate it, in other words, remix it, and send it to whomever you please, but make sure that you tell people that the bits of it you use came from me and don't charge anyone for it. For the full legalese, go go to www.creativecommons.org. This podcast and its attendant website are hosted by Business Web Integrations. You can find them at www.webintegrations.com.au and they'll be more than willing to assist you with your site hosting needs. The interview was recorded over Skype using the MP3 Skype Recorder plugin, which you can find at voipcallrecording.com. That's Victor Oscar Indigo Papa Call Recording, all one word, dot com.